Meanwhile, a high number of independents and single MP political parties in Vanuatu is adding to the uncertainty around the formation of the country's next coalition government. So far, two groupings have emerged, one loosely organised around the former government bloc and the other around the former opposition group. Meanwhile, the voter turnout to last week's snap election was 48.45%. That's less than the 56.51% turnout in 2020, and even more so than the 85.78% participation for the 2018 elections. Joining me from the capital, Port Vila, to talk more about some of these numbers is journalist Dan McGarry. Thank you, Tomas, for Sidan Storimo with Mifala Low Pacific Waves, Dan. Let's start with the voter turnout. What are your thoughts about what on paper reads like a downwards trend for voter participation in Vanuatu's elections? I'd be a little bit hesitant. Uh, We know for a fact that the voter roll is actually quite inflated by people who are no longer living in their their respective constituencies and uh, people who have passed away. Um, There hasn't been a proper cull of the voting roll in over a decade, I believe. And so uh, it, it... inflates the apparent number of people who are qualified to vote. This is mitigated, though, by the by the returning officers, actually, who uh, have a very robust process for making sure that there is no voter fraud happening, that we don't see, you know, ghosts voting or dead people voting, as you know, is often the case. Um, so we can be confident with the integrity of the result. I don't think we can be confident with the actual voter turnout as a percentage of the voter role. I wouldn't rely too heavily on that number. I've seen uh, a total number of votes uh, for winning candidates of just about 65,000, 64,699. That is a reasonable number when you consider the fact that there were a great many candidates who got, you know, a little, a dozen votes here, a few hundred votes there. And out of a total population of 300,000 people, men, women, and children, um, 65,000 is not unrepresentative of the popular will. So I think it's safe to say that democracy is intact in Vanuatu. Now, turning to the political parties, um, we have VP and UMP, the the largest takers here. What are your thoughts on the breakdown of the vote distribution and, and MPs that are coming into this parliament? Well, the major parties actually did quite well in managing their own voter numbers. In other words, leveraging the level of support that they had to get the maximum number of votes, of MPs, pardon me, into Parliament. Um, VP has seven seats and uh, won that with about 8,000 votes in total. That's a little over 1,000 per person. The UMP had the same number of seats, but had about 9,000 votes. So they kind of overcompensated. They got a few more votes per MP. But these are largely representative of the, you know, the kind of writings that they were standing up their candidates in. Other parties were not so successful, however, um, in getting the numbers for leveraging the, the number of supporters for their own vote. Um, RMC, for example, had nearly 8,000 votes in total and came away with a total of five seats rather than the, the seven, for example, that VP got. Uh, so they were less successful at turning out voters and turning that voter turnout into the number of MPs elected. The other big uh, story coming out of this year's election is the fall in numbers from the Leaders Party of Vanuatu and, and Ground and Justice, which uh, used to have, you know, I think it was eight and nine MPs respectively. 
So, um, you know, they're in the thick of it. Uh, they are very much contenders within the, uh, you know, the part, the horse trading that, that leads up to the election of the prime minister. But um, they are a, a far distance from their glory days of 2016 and 2020. Now, uh, speaking of the, the coalition forming, we've we've so far heard of two sort of camps. One uh, formed around the sort of former opposition and the other sort of formed around the caretaker uh, government group. Um, the issue, though, um, it seems there's so many micro parties and in independents. That's the, the 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 joy and the and the horror, if you will, of Vanuatu's uh, electoral process. We have a very large number of what we jokingly call one-man bands. That is, you know, parties with one elected MP, and of course, outright independent MPs. This year, we've got eleven. So they are actually the largest block, if you could take them as a block, in Parliament at this moment. But sadly, what happens is that as the various the vying camps, and there are two of them right now that are that are dominant in uh, in here in Port Vila. The dominant camps, as they get closer and closer to 27, that's the magic number for a, a majority, and they start having to pay a higher and higher price for each new MP that they pull away. Um, so it becomes a bit of a bidding war. It's a seller's market for these independent MPs. They can actually um, demand perks and plums that are far in excess of what the party members themselves, you know, the stalwart um, reliable party members might be able to ask. And so the horse trading is going to go on right down to the last minute, I believe, until it's very clear that somebody's got it all locked up. And the moment they have it locked up, watch for all those MPs, all those independent MPs to start shopping to the other side to see if they can't get a better last minute deal. So nothing is over until it's over. You know, I generally don't uh, expect to, you know, I don't make any uh, predictions about the outcome until the MPs are filing into the chamber to elect the, the prime minister. Um, now, looking at potential prime minister candidates, there's quite a bunch in the in this slot. On on the one side, obviously, Lofman coming in as an incumbent caretaker prime minister, um, uh, although experiencing some loss in support, just triggering this snap election and then on the on the other side there's a, a whole roster of personalities uh we've got Kilman, we've got Salwai, uh Reagan Vanu's in that group so so how do you see this playing out in terms of who gets what well look everybody wants to be prime minister and there's going to be a lot of uh a lot of uh, people throwing their hat into the ring i think uh among the front runners are the ones who are most able to manage this process. So even somebody who commands a great deal of support going into the negotiation isn't necessarily the one who comes out with it. Um, VP have uh, proved extremely able in this election. I think they were probably the most ready. And I would construe Bob Laughman's slight diminishment in, in votes as an effort by VP to actually bring in more candidates in their southern stronghold. So they actually got three candidates through um, down in the south. And that's, you know, that's a considerable achievement. So I wouldn't count Bob Lofman out regardless of what his vote numbers look like. I think um, the uh, UNP are going to have a very compelling argument 
for the uh, the head of the pig, as they call it here, the prime ministership. If that happens, then it will be Ishmael Kasakau, who will likely uh, want to push the others aside and take that uh, position. Um, I think that having Ishmael Kasakau as a, as a prime minister will probably be something that uh, the you know the other camp could work against. Um, Ishmael is is remarkably he's quite well known for being uh, a very strong leader. And sometimes in Melanesia, the strong leader is the one that people run from rather than to. So look, you know, but you can't count out the old stalwarts. You know, Charles Salwai, uh, who has been convicted and later pardoned by the president. Um, is a remarkable negotiator and uh, is uh, quite capable. Likewise, Sato Kilman has parlayed small numbers of, of uh, party members into the prime ministership in the past, and uh, I think he's more than capable of doing it again this time. He's one of the canniest political operators I've seen in this generation. It ain't over until they walk into the uh, parliamentary chamber, and uh, I won't make any speculation or, or prediction until that day. Thank you, Tomas Wantok. Thank you for your time. I will be watching very closely and uh, most likely we'll come back to you at some stage in this process again. Fantastic. Great to talk.